You are now listening to The Oliver Manley Show. Today on the show, we have Christina Wallace. She is a coach, consultant, and business strategist. She works with CEOs and entrepreneurs on transforming their lives and their business. She is someone who I find incredibly brilliant and sassy and just such a fun person to be with. Uh, today, we talk about the role of spirituality in her life, uh, her experience of being angry with God. Uh, we talk about the importance of empathy and what that means to her. She shares about her journey into becoming a coach and consultant, the dynamics of being a single mom and an entrepreneur, trying to balance that, the art of receiving from the universe. One of the biggest takeaways that I got from this from this interview, we talk about the magic of what happens after turning 40. Uh, this is a really wide-ranging conversation that I think is super beneficial for you to to take in and just have an open mind, which if you are tuning into this, I know you ha- you are open-minded. So I'm excited and it is with pleasure that I present to you my conversation with Christina Wallace. Well, Christina, thank you so much for coming on to the show. Thank you for having me. Excited to be here. So we were introduced by Byron, Byron Van Pelt. Yes, I've been working with Byron for over a year now, uh, helping me transform my business and life and a lot of great stuff. A great guy. He is such a gem. I really love that guy. Yeah, he is. He's helped me so much. So much. Mass. We were just talking, you and I, about the uh, destination being an excuse for the journey. And a year ago, when I started working with Byron, I never would have imagined all that I've, all that I have now. Um, and it, it's like that. You know, you think you want something, you think you want a certain thing in life, and then <laughs> you go on a journey, and you're like, yeah, I really didn't, I didn't want that or need that anyway. And you find something totally, something else. It's very magical the way it is when you just pay attention um, to what your inner being's calling you to, mm-hmm. you know, and stop um, the chatter. I think you and I were just talking about the in-depth um, meditation you were able to achieve, right? It's kind of like stopping that chatterbox yeah, and uh, listening to your heart. So yeah, Byron's helping me really listen to my heart, listen to my intuition. Um, yeah. It's a little scary, <laughs> a little bit scary to, to be, you know, it's like a lot of leaps of faith when you don't follow the rules, so to speak, or, or play by someone else's playbook. Um, but that's where greatness happens. So, mm-hmm. well, that's, I mean, that's just being at your growth edge. It's very challenging and you are taking those leaps of faith, but I mean, like you're you're achieving some incredible breakthroughs. We spoke a couple of weeks ago before setting this setting this all up, but mm-hmm. I, I would love for you to just share a little bit about the work that you're doing and and what your what your background is for some of the people who are just tuning in. Yeah, I'd love to. So, my love of life, my passion, what I was put on earth to do is teach. So I have a career professional background in education. I've uh, taught all levels, all different grade levels. I've worked in a variety of different settings from after school programs to tutoring 
to high school teaching, and then I, I transitioned into leadership and administrative leadership. I've also done so many hundreds of trainings for adult learning, teaching adults how to teach and other things. So um, that's what I do. And now I transition into consulting and I teach leaders, CEOs, entrepreneurs, business owners, um, principals, anyone in a leadership position, how to transform their organization so that they can easily get the results that they want with the right people in place. So that's what I do now. You're, you're, you're a powerhouse. Yeah, I am. <laughs> and, you know, we, we have a lot of things um, in common and we have a lot of things that I would love for us to talk about. Um, I was just scrolling through some of your feed, like on, on Facebook. And mm-hmm. I, I, I feel like I wanted to open it up with this question. What role has spirituality had for you in your life? Because I noticed oh, that there's a very yeah. spiritual component um, in the tone of the conversations that we've had and the things that you talk about um, on on Facebook and also, you know, you just brought up how Byron's supporting you to just remember, like, tune into your intuition. Oh, yeah. So spirituality and I have had a love-hate relationship my whole life, actually. Um, I grew up in an atheist or agnostic household. I grew up with parents who did not support any sort of religion at all or any spirituality. Mm-hmm. So when I was young, um, and I also had trauma, a lot of trauma when I was younger, I actually hated God. I thought God like gave up on me. And so through that, not, I won't say I didn't have spirituality because I think we all do it. I just wasn't aware of it. I wasn't aware of my connection to God. And I remember about four years ago, I was listening and reading to a lot of Yonla Van Zant. Do you know who she is? No. She's a TV personality. She's a life coach. She's, she's written 12 best-selling books. Um, she's a spiritual healer. Um, fantastic woman. She's one of my role models and teachers. Um, she has a show on OWN right now called Yonla Fix My Life. And I went to one of her live seminars and she did this exercise with us. She teaches a lot on forgiveness and she did this exercise for, with us where we actually forgave our fathers for something. And then she said, now forgive the father. And I realized at that moment, it was so pivotal. I was angry with God for a long time. I was really angry. And I was in that moment able to totally release that. And ever and since then, you didn't really then, have a concept mm-hmm. of God before that, or you didn't have like. Have I did. Clear... I wasn't aware of it. Yes. Okay. That's yeah. Yeah. It's it's um it's almost like right now you you and I are being pulled on the earth with gravity, right? Like twenty four seven, we're being gravity is upon us, correct? Mm-hmm. But how often during the day do you say, "Oh, like I'm sitting here because of gravity." <laughs> Right? <laughs> all, day, all day, Christina. That's all I think about. It's the G-force. All you think about is gravity. Um, and then you're like, oh, I wonder how gravity is. And then gravity's holding the earth and moon in place. I mean, you don't really, you know these things exist. Or the sun is there and warming our planet and the planet's going around the sun. And it's just, you don't, you know it's there, but you're not aware of it. And you don't have a conscious... Um, relationship necessarily with it or appreciation right but there is that relationship 
even though I might there is a relationship, but you take it for granted. You take it for granted. I think we all take our relationship with God for granted. Um, it's a miracle any of us are even born. There's like, I forget the statistic, but it's like one in a kajillion chance that any it's, of us yeah, even are born. <laughs> it's kind of wacky to, to think of the likelihood of even being alive to be yes. born and also for humans to even be here. It's yeah, pretty, it's pretty wild. It's bizarre. It's like, huh? Strange. So you were angry. Yeah, I was. I was angry. So I did a lot of forgiveness work and I then just totally trust, trusted God. And I realized what happened was I did a 180 where I thought that God had abandoned me and that I was unsafe. I actually flipped it into God had protected me the whole time because I, during these different situations that happened to me when I was a child and then poor choices I made as an adult, I should not be alive today. So I realized that all of those times he was actually protecting me, that he was there with me. Are you able to and, expand on how that's the case? Like, you... um, For example, I was six years old. I lived in Trenton, New Jersey, and a man robbed our house while we were home. My parents were in the back, and he came in the house. And I could have easily been kidnapped. I could have easily been killed. You know, something like that could have turned a lot worse. But the man mm -hmm. stole my mom's pocketbook and then left. And even though I was emotionally kind of traumatized, physically I was safe. Physically I was, you know, my parents were home. Um, I wasn't physically harmed, you know, I had but, to overcome some of the emotional issue, yeah. but I, he, I was kept safe by that. And that trauma helps me now in my work that I do with clients. And also all the years I've, I've taught and coached my students as well as an educator, um, to have empathy. I have ma my, one of my super skills is empathy I have massive empathy for people. And I just love people where they're at, no matter what. So that helps me in my work as well. And also as a parent. So it, it not only was God there and I was protected, but it's also serving me for my purpose in life. Wow. Yeah. And so you so were, just you, one you example. You to be able to, yeah. Thank mm -hmm. you for sharing that. That's pretty intense. I, um, so you, you were able to find a space to be able to forgive, forgive God. And also well, not see only for, that yeah. God's protecting you. Not only forgive, but realize that the universe, God, whatever you name your spiritual connection, is always there for you. Mm -hmm. And even when, I'll give you another example, when things did not work out with my son's father, and I chose to separate from my son's father when I was six weeks pregnant, And I chose, I chose to be a single mother and it was hell. Like when I was, it was a lot going on what I went through with that. And also working full time, I was a chief innovation officer of a school and 16, 17 hour days. It was a lot, but realizing like that experience as well prepared me for where I am now and prepared me, you know, where I am with my son and making yeah. certain choices. So not only is God there for you, And the universe is there. The universe has your back, right? But those valleys that you go through prepare you for the mountain peaks. Mm -hmm. So again, like the quote I mentioned that I, I just intuitively say now is the destination just prepares you for the journey. It's about the journey, whether that's the destination being a positive one or a painful one. 
it's still about the journey that prepares you for the next thing. So the, the thing that's showing up for me is that I know that uh, people who are listening might have an aversion to the word God. Mm-hmm. And I know I had for many years. Yeah, <laughs> me too. <laughs> and uh, I don't want them to, to, to stop listening <laughs> yeah. to, the, to the episode. Um, could you, how, how do you address that? You know, you probably face uh, this type of conversation with, with clients, uh, mm-hmm. with, with people that you know. Um, how, how do you address that? I call it intuition. Yeah. So what I do with anybody who has any questions about God, even my dad, who's, I would say he's more agnostic than an atheist. Um, but I ask people to go into your heart and just take a deep breath, breathe into your heart. What is your heart telling you? That's your intuition. That's your life force. That's the force. If you're a star Wars person, you know, whatever name you call it, um, it's the same with food, right? Food, food can be called energy. Food can be called calories. Food can be called, you know, delicious food. You can name food, anything you want. The purpose of it is to fuel your body to, for life. Mm. So whatever name you put to infinite intelligence, spiritual, inner being, intuition, God, whatever you want to call it, it, the word is significant to you. That's all that matters. And, and what role do you think that plays to have that, that connection? Cause there's, you, you can look at a lot of different, um, processes and, uh, programs where people transform their, their lives in significant ways how how important it is to have that connection with something bigger than yourself, whether you call it uh, God or not. There, there's always that consistency where it's like to feel like you're part of something bigger than yourself seems to be very fundamental. Um, mm-hmm. Well, it's interesting. I don't even say what I say. It's not that you're part of something bigger than yourself. That's not what it is, because then people get out of themselves and make it bigger than it is. Mm. What it is, is that. We were each born, your heart is the first thing to form when you're in the little embryo, right? When you're a little tiny tiny speck, right? (laughs) In your mother's womb, the heart is the very first thing. It's not the brain, it's not the stomach, it's not anything else. It's your heart. And in your heart is literally a guidance system that is linked. It's an energetic field that's linked to everything else in life all living things and even non-living things, right? There's an energy. Scientists have discovered even at a cellular level, they used to think that atoms were the most basic building block. And now there's something even smaller than atoms. There's a space in between the atoms. I think it's not even, there's nothing there. It's actually a space. Um, and it's the same thing in like the universe and the galaxies and things. There's like this, this space in between galaxies. There's literally nothing there, but there is something there. It's energy. And so you're born with this energy, this inner guidance system. And the way I compare it is that you, me, everyone who's now actively living on the planet is here because our ancestors followed their inner guidance system. It's not about religion. It's about following their inner guidance system. Why? Because you and I are ancestors of survivors, right? So people who died of the plague, people who died in war, people who died in Whatever things that happen in human history, they died. Their, their, their bloodline did not live on. You and I 
I'm getting chills even talking about it. I'd love it. You and I are literally survivors of survivors of survivors of survivors survived by following their inner guidance system and intuition by having a connection to that energy. You want to call it God. That's great. Whatever you want to call it, you have to follow your inner guidance system. And that's how we survive and that's how we thrive and that's how we succeed. So that brings me into what, um, an area that I'm really interested to hear your, you know, your, your experience and your story around, which you, you told me on the phone that this is your superpower. Yes. <laughs> Motherhood. You know, every, everyone comes yes. from a mother, right? Yeah. <laughs> everyone well, teaching, is born from yeah, a mother. Teaching, um, Teaching and, and motherhood and the, the scope of teaching and learning is my, is my superpower, definitely. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I have not, I have, will not claim any <laughs> perfection or any <laughs> oh, that's um, not what I'm saying. expertise I... <laughs> right, on motherhood. Every single mother is a superhero, so. <laughs> yeah, there was um, just something along the yeah. lines of like you kind of, it kind of like just landed for you where you're just like, wow, no, this is, it's such a gift. Like, this is such a gift. Yeah. So what happened was that um, it was a similar pivot experience to my my uh, forgiving God story and, and, and reclaiming my, my spiritual connection and intuition was that um, I was doing consulting work. So I, when I left um, Barringer High School in Newark, New Jersey, was the worst performing school in New Jersey. And in the two years I worked with the team, our team it was able to turn the school around completely. We doubled graduation rates. We had the highest ever in history um, improvement in test scores. Became a safe school. It be, it, we we made like national news. It was it was an amazing journey. And then we actually had to restart the school, and I <laughs> helped build that from scratch while I was pregnant. And then I had my son, and again was working that whole year. And um, I literally just got burnt out. And so. I transitioned into consulting so that I could make my own time, make my own schedule and still be there for my, my son. And how long ago was that? um, When I transitioned from the public schools to consulting was, I think he was two, about three years ago. Okay. Yeah. Three years ago, uh, three and a half years ago. And I was, I was working for another consulting firm an education firm and I loved it and it was great. Um, and then I decided, you know, I could do this. I want to, I want to do consulting for myself and coaching. And, um, now I consult with businesses and and leaders and school leaders and CEOs, and I love it. But there was a point, I think about a year and a half ago, my son was about four and I was really struggling because I felt like I, I had to choose, I felt like I had to choose being present with him and being mom and focused on him and or focused on my business as an entrepreneur. And I'm sure a lot of your listeners are business owners or entrepreneurs, or they might want to be, right? And some of them might be parents or might want to be. So they're, at some point, they're going to face this issue yeah. of parenthood or work, basically, or your business, right? Like either or. Yeah, it was really, it was hard, Oliver. It was really hard. Like, I'm even getting emotional thinking about it. It was a really hard time in my life. Like, I was really struggling with this. What this made was you feel that I way? I started um, working with Byron, by the way. <laughs> that was before that. Yeah. Um, what made you feel like coaching. you could only have one or the other? Again, I wasn't listening to my guidance system. I wasn't, um, I wasn't meditating. I wasn't praying. I wasn't, I wasn't doing the things I know would fuel my, my, my um, intuition. And I was listening to all of the societal chatter. 
I was listening to all of my friends and family and culture and society that says, if you're a working mom, you have to choose your career and you have nannies raising your kid. That's, that's what's put out there in our culture. Um, there's not much in our culture that nurtures the idea of raising a human being and being excellent in your craft. The only where I can really see it is in pop culture. Like I think of like pink, right? As a celebrity, she like raises her kids and she's able to do what she wants, but that's only after she's achieved a certain amount of success, right? Mm -hmm. Like where in our culture do you see parents, whether they're moms or dads building their empire, building their, their business and their growth while also raising human beings. Like what movie or TV shows or <laughs> who, <laughs> like none, there's none. There's literally none. Right. I'm thinking of full house. You need like all your brother-in-law, <laughs> you your buddy, exactly. everyone has to move in. That's the only yeah. way. <laughs> yeah. And even then, you know, um, things happen. So I had a 180 again, it's this thing. And I said, wait a minute, I choose. This is not what anybody else thinks or anybody, you know, my parents or friends or society or anything. I choose. And then I also realized that I was judging myself and saying that, oh, you know, focusing on my son or, or parenting the same time I was working on my business was a judgment. Like I had to do either one. And that's when I switched into, no, parenting is actually my superhero powers because in parenting... Um, and, and Oliver, I don't know if your audience knows this, but I share that I'm a single parent as well. Still, um, I hope not to be soon, but <laughs> I am, I am a single parent. So I take care of the budgeting. I take care of all the finances. I take care of the hiring of my team. I take care of the childcare. I take care of all the cooking, the cleaning. Like I literally run a, a business, a household business and raising my son. I also homeschool him as well. Yeah. Managing um, a house can, is the same. Yeah. Yeah. So once I realized I do all of those things naturally and multitasking and problem solving, troubleshooting, coming up with solutions, um, <laughs> being on the fly, managing, when you have to manage a human being that's five years old, it's just what I teach my clients is who, who are CEOs who have organizations with hundreds and hundreds of employees. I said, listen, these are just big kids. Like these are just your big kids that you're the leader of. <laughs> It's true. Yeah. It's, it's um, definitely it's one way to look at it. When you're a leader, leadership is the loneliest position in the world. And you have to embrace um, being responsible for people's lives. And people are coming to work, yes, for a paycheck and to serve. But they're also coming for relationships. They're coming for guidance. They're coming for mentorship. They're coming for someone to listen. They're, they're coming for so many reasons. So when you're a CEO, when you're a business leader, you have to embrace the human journey and that all your employees, they, they value different things and want different things from you. Um, and so those are the things that I, I bring from my parenting experience and my teaching experience and nurturing students um, is just how to, to meet people where they're at and literally be a on the spot troubleshooter. Cause that's what you have to do as a teacher and a parent. You have to literally, there's a human being in front of you screaming and crying and you're like, what do I do? I have to troubleshoot. I have to adjust. I have to figure this out. I have to call in the mm -hmm. reinforcements. I have to find your resourcefulness kicks in to the max. Um, I said, Oh, well then that's great. So that 180 pivot happened and I embraced that 
and I pour that energy in all of my skills in 20 years with working with kids and other adults and all the training and I've had and motherhood and everything. And my business just started excelling because I embraced those powers and I don't make excuses for it anymore. And anybody who works with me knows that I'm a single mom and Caleb's part of the journey and is um, part of, you know, why I am so good at what I do. <laughs> and that's it. And I only work with people who, you know, want, want to embrace that as well. So you said, um, yeah, you, you had that 180 and you were able to embrace it. So would you say like that, that moment was kind of like the, like the breakdown right before the breakthrough for you? It was, it, it didn't happen immediately. I still had some inner, inner value and worthiness to work on just from, um, an unconscious mind level and some things, but it definitely was a peace of mind breakthrough for me. Yeah. to choose and saying, no, I choose, I choose. And did you leave this. anything behind? Like, did you let go of anything to be able to choose, to be able to move forward? Oh yeah, definitely. I let go of trying to control things. I let go of, um, having to be accepted. I let go of trying to fit into a traditional corporate mentality because Oliver, you and I both know very well, despite it be 2019 and a lot of the women's movement coming up, most of um, corporate America CEOs leadership is, is male driven, right? And that's fine. There's no criticism of that, but I had to let go of that judgment on myself that just because I'm a mom and single mom and a woman, I don't have just as much or even more to offer to my clients. Um, who aren't like me necessarily in, in that sense. Um, I had to let go of that judgment. Huge, huge letting go of that judgment. That's such a relief to, to just listen yeah. to. <laughs> like you kind of just create so much space for yourself. You can breathe. Yes, huge space. And what that space opened up for me, Oliver, is the space to create, the space to be in flow because the feminine energy... When you think about feminine and women, I know you're not a parent yet, but you will be one day and you'll, you'll watch your wife and go through this whole process of, you know, child rearing and all these things. It's a very flowy energy, right? You can't control it. Um, you know, you can't make the baby come out earlier. You can't, there, there's literally no control. Yet, um, not yet. <laughs> no trust me I know. It, it, it is what it is right you have to literally sit there for 10 months and wait I mean you can't you know so it's just um and then we even with the kids and and again touching back and really going deep into my my teaching experience and my leadership experience with the big the big kids the adults too you don't choose when you're when you're a leader you can't choose who the people are you're leading you might have an interview process and you can, and I do work with my clients on, you know, effective interviewing processes, but at the end of the day, you can't yet, maybe in the future, Oliver, but yet you can't do a genetically modified workforce, <laughs> right? Like, <laughs> not yet. <laughs> um, you have to work with what you have and you have to learn how to lead with love, lead with compassion. 
You look at any great leader in the world, in human history, they all led with love. I don't care what you say. They led with love. They led with compassion and empathy. Um, whether they were right or wrong on certain things, you know, historically, they still had a compassion, right? Like I remember stories of George Washington. I was a history teacher and, um, you know, I didn't agree. I don't agree with his issues, his view on slavery and things, but as a general leader, he was very compassionate to his soldiers. You know, he was a very, you read story after story of his soldiers and how they Mm. admired him and how he was in the field with them. He wasn't one of these generals that was, you know, (laughs) in his mansion while his soldiers were suffering in the cold, right? Mm. He was there. Um, You have to walk the walk. And that's one of the things I love working with my clients the most now in my business is that I I have walked the walk. When I tell you I'm doing this inner work and you and I were talking about some of the hardest work that you did recently, right? Was this inner work, the spirituality work. Um, I've done it and continue to do it. And I have coaches too. So yeah, I just think there's a lot to be said for walking your walk and just um, leading with love. And that's what I, I really love to teach people. I think that's really the the transition that, th- I think that's where things are headed right now is becoming more mm. aware and, and acknowledging how, important it is to have that level of empathy and compassion and coming from love and coming from service um i I would love to hear your thoughts around you know you brought up feminine energy Mm -hmm. and i don't know what your experience is but as far as i see i see a lot of kind of the necessity for i guess you know women entrepreneurs taking on this very masculine energy to the point Mm -hmm. of like exhaustion and burnout and not really (laughs) not really owning that flow not really owning the feminine energy and and seeing that that can actually create results as well that that it's a superpower too like Mm -hmm. what what are your thoughts around that i'm not sure if you come across that or oh definitely definitely and it goes for men too so so men and women all of us right we all have feminine and masculine energies, right? It goes back to that heart and intuition and energies, right? We all have this. It's just what's, whether, whether it's dominant, what's dominant in us, right? And so when you fight against your dominant intuitive state, it is exhausting, right? It is exhausting. Yeah. So when you're constantly making things work. I remember this one time I was talking to actually a male, a male entrepreneur friend who he was telling me he just, he just has to wake up every day and he literally used this language, squeeze the life out of every day. <laughs> that, that was his definition of success. I yeah. Like, and I, I said, do you hear yourself? And this is very common, very common for men too. They feel like they have to squeeze the life out of their day, their business and squeeze every opportunity Imagine, like, has to be choking it like, yeah literally it you're sound... squeezing the life out of it right yeah yeah and so language is very powerful and so once i started thinking about that and whether it's a female entrepreneur or male entrepreneur i think yes. we all have to embrace both energies and understand when it's needed and not needed mm-hmm. do you have and, per- like personal experience yeah. with with that Oh yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, I can think of one example in particular, one of my clients I'm working with, he's a CEO of a company. He's been very, been very successful. Um, and he's gotten to his success recently, basically, you know, 
working his ass off, you know, really working hard and just being that go, 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 squeeze the life. But, you know, for, for him, success has meant busy, right? It's meant busy, but he's had a high turnover rate of his employees. Um, he's not where he wants to be financially in terms of the revenue of his company and himself. He's working way too hard. He's getting burnt out. He doesn't see his family like he wants to. He went through a divorce. I mean, I could list, list, go, go on and on. And so what I'm working with him now is we're doing the organizational work and getting his team and I'm teaching him how to be a better manager and a better leader, but I'm also doing the inner work. And he had a huge breakthrough a couple of weeks ago where he just let himself go. He let himself feel, um, feel love and compassion for himself and get, you know, be kind to himself, give himself a break. Um, and see how much he's achieved already and that he will achieve everything he wants and to stop worrying about it. And I don't know if that's masculine or feminine. It's just, (laughs) oh, well, Oliver, (laughs) you want to have a breakthrough? I'm happy to do one with you. (laughs) Um, The quick, the quick question without hiring me right now. um, But no, I'm happy to do strategy sessions. I love doing breakthroughs. Um, The quick answer is being fully present providing a safe space and again from heart to heart so in that moment I just allowed him through a line of questioning that I was able to do Mm. and question him um I knew what the answer was so one of the one of the great things that I love doing and one of my superpowers as well is um getting people to say the answer that I want them to say through through questioning (laughs) Yeah. Right. So that's the, my superpower is a teacher and a mother. I know what I want the other person to say, say to my clients, I have to ask the line of questioning to get there. So if I were to do a breakthrough with you right now, for example, and you were telling me a particular area of your life that you wanted to improve or, you know, feel a certain way differently about, um, I already know the answer in my head that you need to say yourself to realize what you need to do. So then I ask the questions for you to say it. We cannot argue with ourselves. Mm-hmm. I can't say, listen, Oliver, you need to do X, Y, Z. Like, yeah, whatever. You may or may not listen. It's not, yeah, it's not as empowering when someone else is telling you. I mean, right. you, your job, like, it sounds like you can see where they need to go. Um, and the whole idea is to have them see it as well in their, you know, in their own way from their own, yes. their own perspective so that they own it. Yes. So it all boils down to three major, I don't mean major like big, but three primary um, limiting beliefs that we all have. So it's either I'm not enough, I'm not worthy, mm-hmm. or I'm not deserving of love. Yeah. Everyone's problems boil down to one of those three energies. I know myself included, I've felt all of them. Um, and believed all of them in the past. So once I know that, and then whether it's a relationship or their business or their family or whatever it is that they're blocked in their life. And I need that breakthrough. I know helping them say that I don't feel deserving of love. Well, guess what? They're showing up in their business because they're underpricing. They're not uh, valuing their time. They're running around doing all the work. They're not delegating properly. They're exhausted, right? Those are the symptoms of not feeling deserving of love. So then we work through that and we um, overcome that and then they feel deserving of love and we fix it. Yeah. Yeah. That's so necessary. I feel like um, 
the the some the thing that I I sense is starting to kind of backfire is the whole idea of like overworking and burning yourself out and go 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 and and like putting the pedal to the metal. That's just I don't think we live in that era anymore. I think that's kind of going to be behind us very soon. Too many people are paying the consequences for it, and which and kind of what I'm hearing from you is is like really acknowledging that for the people that you're supporting. Yeah, it is. It's it's it, there's an interesting space. Um, I call it the space of vulnerability. When you're working with someone, whether they're a client or a friend or family member or, you know, just someone at the coffee shop, there's a space of vulnerability where you allow someone to truly feel your empathy and let them know they're okay and it's okay. And they're okay and everything will be okay. And um, they're not alone. So that's where I go with people. And I think a lot of coaches and consultants and teachers and leaders are very afraid to be vulnerable. They feel it's a sign of weakness. And I actually have the experience of being the complete opposite vulnerability is powerful yeah yeah well i i know you in the last year and a half you've made yourself even more vulnerable yes and like and really <laughs> stepped and really yeah. stepped shit up <laughs> i'm a sucker for it what can i say I'm a, I'm a sucker for it so Going what's there, been... being raw. <laughs> so what's happened? Like what? Like wh- where did you come from a year and a half ago? Like what was happening? And then like how how has things? What what has shifted? And what kind of what was there uh, for you in terms of tools and insights and, and support to 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 get you there? To get you to where you are? I think it was it was so many things. It's it's hard to answer that in one one sentence. Yeah, but I will tell you. We have time. I think the, <laughs> the culmination and, and the most direct answer for that was in the last couple of years, I don't know. I know last year in 2017, um, several of my students committed suicide, former students of mine, amazing, talented, beautiful, skilled, genius, young, young men. And one was a drug overdose, so it wasn't ruled a suicide but he was suffering inside. Um, the other one was a suicide. And um, just also just in the news of like Robin Williams yeah. and um, Anthony Bourdain and, and just, and just so many people who are suffering um, from depression and, and uh, not feel those three things, not feeling loved, not feeling deserving, not feeling worthy or enough. And I just, something awoke in me that I have to do my part on an organizational level to solve that in the world. I, 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 it's just a burning desire in me. And as a teacher, I did that. I mean, I've had, I'm getting chills even thinking about it. I've had students tell me I've saved their life. Um, I, I, you know, even as just a teacher in the classroom. And so as a leadership coach now and a consultant who works with leaders, um, even one of my clients, actually all of my clients, 
now that I think about it, have it have gone there with me that they've been suicidal or have wanted to just end it all or, or didn't know a way out. And I think about all the people that are depending on them, their families and their employees and their customers and their clients themselves, you know, um, when I can help that leader, like, a, you know, someone like a Robin Williams or someone who's an influencer, create that space for healing and break through and give them the tools specifically that I've used myself and I know work um, to overcome that. I think that's the greatest gift I can give to the world. So, yeah, I hope that answers your question. <laughs> yeah, I feel like we're going through, um, I mean, the world is just, just because we can see so much of people's lives and information is shared so rapidly. I think we're just becoming so much more clear on on this fact, on the fact that so many people are suffering and it's kind of like an invisible suffering. It is. Like you and don't really see it. What's happening is actually social media and social media is such a tool and a blessing. But if you're not aware consciously of how you're using it to fulfill certain needs, and I've, I've been made the mistake myself of trying to get that fulfillment in love off of Facebook or, or significance off of certain things in the past. And I had to shut it down and actually do just move away from it because what's happening is we get into the comparative itis, right? Especially with Instagram. I don't use Instagram at all anymore. And with my clients, I teach them to use Facebook if they do want to use social media to promote their business. Um, the reason why is there's, there's a comparative nature to certain forms of social media of you're thinking I should be this, look this way or be this way or be the successful. And quite frankly, we assume that because the picture looks a certain way or the person sharing that part of their story, that's the truth. And reality, I know plenty of people, plenty personally, who post and look like their life is a million dollar success and they're happy and they're literally two steps away from foreclosure they're depressed, their husband's about to leave them, their kids hate them. But I know them personally, but from their social media page, you would know. Um, yeah, you made a post recently about that, about, yeah. um, you know, there's people who step on stages and look really good on social media and spend all this money on um, different courses and trainings and masterminds and mm -hmm. all this stuff. And, and they're literally like just a few inches away from a total collapse. Yeah. Financially, so, emotionally, well-being. Yeah. And I think at least when I was growing up, Oliver, um, you know, in human suffering, suffering has its place again, without suffering, you can't know what you want. And without going through certain trials and tribulations and that journey, you can't grow your resilience muscle and your grit muscle. And God is always yeah. preparing you for the next thing right um dr martin luther king went to jail 41 times 41 times he was arrested and put in jail for standing up for your and my civil rights right like that wasn't done just <laughs> you know out of the blue that was preparing him we go through suffering to prepare ourselves so it has its place but when I say I want to help alleviate that for leaders is because I want to make a, a bigger impact in the world. 
And if I could have coached someone like Robin Williams or, you know, someone who has these influence influences in the world to bring joy and bring happiness and so forth and so on. I just, I, I know that that's what I'm here to do is, is to, is to help people through that. Um, they have to be ready. They have to be wanting to, you can't force anybody to make a choice to improve their life. But especially with social media, I actually also coach a masterclass of group coaching of brand new entrepreneurs and startups. So if any of your listeners um, are interested in starting a, a business or, you know, want to be an entrepreneur and they just don't know how, I have a group coaching program for that, too. And I tell them to get off of social media for a while. I do. Yeah. Because you, they're comparing themselves you know, I'm sure you've, you know, or you have friends who do it too. Like, oh, I should be here. I should be doing this. Or I should be. Well, that's like in the last four to six months, I think almost all of my clients tell me that that's one of the biggest things they struggle with. They're scrolling through Instagram, comparing themselves with everybody on social media and mindlessly scrolling through it. And yeah. it's just, and it doesn't feel good. Like that's, that, no. that comes up so much more recently than ever. Yeah. And so I believe in role models. Um, so for example, someone like, do you know who Madam CJ Walker was? No. All right. I'll give you a little black history month lesson here. <laughs> Madam CJ Walker was the first black millionaire in, in the world, actually, over a hundred years ago. And the way she made her money was hair care products. Um, primarily for women, you know, um, African-American women and um, creams and hair care, but also for all, all hair care products. And the way she did it was something called a catalog. We don't really use catalogs anymore because we have Amazon. <laughs> 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 but back in the day, you know, people actually got these magazines, these catalogs, like from Sears or different Macy's or different, you know, department stores and things. And you would take a piece of paper and you'd write a pencil, right? Or pen. And you would send in your order with a check and you would get the items. Right? I love it. <laughs> <laughs> My little history lesson here for all the millennials, right? Um, and catalogs were great. I used to shop from catalogs too. Um, so Madam CJ Walker was the inventor of the catalog and she sold her products through advertisements and catalogs and her own catalog. And it was, it was the right time at the right place. And, and she became a millionaire through these hair care products. And so I say that to say that when you're an entrepreneur, business owner, parent, any, any leadership role you have, you have to have role models. And I use her and other people like her as role models because not only did she overcome adversity as an African-American and as a woman, in a time before the internet or TV or radio, um, she also just did what she knew and figured it out and adjusted along the way. And so I say that to say that there were plenty of millionaires and successful people before Instagram. So it, Instagram and social media can be a tool, but I recommend for people to actually take a break from it for a while and build their business from an authentic marketing and messaging place and referrals, 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 and, and from their network of people who know, like, and trust them, because that's where you get your most leverage. Mm. Um, if you want to go to a restaurant, Oliver, right. And you want to take your girlfriend or whoever out friends, parents to a, a nice restaurant, you could go on Yelp, but 
chances are, if you ask your friend who you know, like, and trust, who has the same taste as you, right? And they're like, oh, yeah, go to this restaurant, right? You're going to go there. Right? I mean, that's, <laughs> that's I can already happen, hear, like, right? the, the <laughs> countless conversations that I've had with people who are like, but that's where I get my business. That's where I get my business. <laughs> It's part of my business. I got to make, you know, I got to post. I got to make videos. I got to be, you know, I got to show my face. Well, the question is, what's their ROI? So what I do is I literally drill down specifically in time and money and resources because your time is money and financial investment. So let's say um, your coaching is worth $300 an hour, right? And you're spending two hours a day, just as an example, two hours a day, two, two hours a day posting on social media, responding on social media, yada, 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 like you said, because you need business from there. So that's $600. So are you getting at least $600 or more our return on that investment of time through social media? I bet you 99% of the people you talk to are going to tell you no. That's very challenging to track. It's very challenging to track. It well, I actually have tools to track it. If you're and, and I share with you, um, the easiest way to track it is if you're in a customer-based, meaning product-based service, right? There's whatever ordering system you have, you can track. The person tells you how they found you. Was it Instagram? Yes. Yeah. Right. You can track that easily and get quarterly reports or monthly reports, even weekly reports, and you can show. Okay, I made a hundred sales of this product from Instagram. And that might be working for you. If you're in a service-based industry where you're a coach or consultant or doctor, lawyer, where you're giving a service to people, I bet you 90% of your clients are not from Instagram. Mm-hmm. They're not. Well, that's how it is. That's how it is for me. Um, most people find out by word of mouth. Yeah. But like the, the the thing I was I was thinking about that's tough to track is. There's times where you are, you know, posting stuff and promoting and communicating with your audience. And then there's other times, like what we were talking about, where you're just mindlessly, like, looking at other people and comparing yourself. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's... <laughs> that, is, that is tough to track. Yeah, if, yeah. If you're able to... So, for example, again, going back to the beginning of our conversation, what I, what I teach my clients is intuitive marketing. Okay. Intuitive marketing in, this, marketing in the sense of what am I saying and serving and giving value to the world means something and someone needs to hear it today. Mm-hmm. I always ask myself that question before every single post that I make, before every single email I send out, before any, any marketing or anything that you would consider marketing, I check in with my intuition. And if my intuition is telling me, and if you want to say prayer, God, whatever you want to say, but if your intuition is telling me nobody needs to hear that right now, I don't post it. I don't post it. Now I might write it down in my notes for later. I jot down a lot of thoughts later. I write a lot in my phone and, oh, that would be interesting. I copy and paste things from other people's things that I would want to maybe look at later. And, you know, but if I'm not hit with the spirit, so to speak, at that moment, (laughs) I don't post it. There's an inner guiding system we have, and it tells us that, you know, whether you, and I know you've had this experience in your life. You ever had the experience where you're like thinking of a friend and then they call you? You're like, oh, I wonder how someone's was going. And then the phone's ringing. You're like, holy crap, that's them. That, <laughs> that's been one of the most meaningful you. things uh, in, <laughs> right? the, in the last little while is, you know, I, in the beginning of the week, I'll think about, or I'll not, not even think about it, I just kind of like create a space 
to allow you know people to just show up like people in my mind to just show up like who yes who am i here to you know be with this week and and, and love and care for this weekend sometimes there's people who show up sometimes there, there isn't but when i listen to it it just seems to be like just right on time for them and for me sometimes like it'll be like hey i was just thinking about you and i get that too it's like it's like i was literally just about to message you oliver i'm like that's it's really amazing how that works. Yeah. So so we take so new entrepreneurs, we take our stuff offline, take ourselves offline and focus mm-hmm. on building referrals. Like what's your kind of Yeah. I mean, For I new entrepreneurs, to... um we what we do is I teach you about your messaging, your ideal market, and we get really crystal clear on why you love doing what you you love doing, right? Really crystal clear. And then we take that energy and focus in it to like your avatar, who you really love serving, create your message of what you want to do. Then you go out and talk to, I challenge you to talk to, just talk to 20 people this week, 30 people this week at the coffee shop, your friends, do some sales calls, whatever you want to do and test out your message, right? Test out what you're doing. See how it goes. Set up some Do you get resistance calls, them... for that? Um, and the reason I ask resistance. Is, mm-hmm. So the reason yeah. why I ask that is because if, when you go from, I'm going to write something and hit publish and I'm going to make a video and send. And that's where my sales and my leads are going to come from. Like that's, you know, you're behind the screen and there's, there's times where that's appropriate. Mm -hmm. That is not the same as like belly to belly with somebody. Of course. Looking at somebody in the eye. So So here's how I explain it. Yeah. Desire, the word desire to seer means of the father of God. It comes from the universe. Your desires are not yours. They're given to you from a higher being, higher universe, whatever you want to call it. Okay. And so when you have a desire to have your service, have your business to serve people, whatever it is, like you're coaching people, right? That desire is given to you and it's your duty to go out in the world and serve that and do that. Mm. Right. It'd be a lot easier for me, Oliver, to go get a nine to five job, go get a C- I could easily go get a CEO company. I could be, you know, doing whatever I want right now. Um, that would be so much easier. I, I wouldn't have to think about anything. I just get right. That would be easier. That's not my desire. That's not what's given to me. What's given to me is doing the work that I do and coaching and consulting and building out these education systems and speaking to people and sharing and giving value. So helping people transform, right? That's where that desire is. That's harder. It's out of my comfort zone. It is scary. It is not um, comfortable. But like anything else, you know, like burpees are not comfortable either. (laughs) Who the heck wants to do burpees, right? Like, (laughs) you know, who, who wants to go? I mean, yes, exercise is fun. But who wants to really like do a million squats a day or all of these tough things of stress that you put on your body when you're exercising or look at like the peak performance athletes, you know, like you think Michael Jordan wants to go out and do 500, but he used to do the free throw shots every night. Like, is that what you want to do? Hell no. You want to stay home with your, your wife, your girlfriend, your family, and like watch a movie and eat pizza. That's fine. (laughs) So you got to like for your desire to happen, you got to do things you'd rather not do. Um, for everything to happen in your yeah. life, you have to, I, I teach my clients, it's called the zone of proximal development. There's a zone that you're in where you push yourself 
past things with guidance. That's why you hire a coach. That's why you hire mentors, right? You push yourself past your comfort zone into the zone of proximal development where you can actually strengthen those muscles, your intuition muscles, your spirituality muscles, your communication muscles, all of those things. Sales, you know, it's all communication, right? And then you realize once you're at the point of too much, you don't want to push past too much because then you're shut down. So there's like a little dance that happens um, with the with the learning cycle and the failure learning curve. You have to fail. You have to learn how to fail quickly and easily and make adjustments quickly and easily. Um, and that's why you hire a high level mentor, or coach you know, like yourself or like me or, or Byron, you're talking about, because you need someone to help you make those adjustments quickly. And that's where you get massive results. Um, Patriots, for example, everyone's so sick of them winning the Super Bowl, but you know what? <laughs> right? Like, <laughs> so, is, so they've this got is the so... formula. That's what, they've got it down. They watch their failures every week, Bill Belichick and Brady for the last seven years or eight years, whatever they've been working together. Every Tuesday, they watch the film of that game from Sunday and figure out where they messed up. Not where they did well, where they messed up, where they failed, and then they correct it in practice. That's all. That's what their formula is. That's what their formula is. So you have to go out and do it if you want what you say you want. Yeah. Yeah, these, this deeper way and more connected way of building relationships and, and building uh, like a referral-based business is kind of um it's kind of flying under the radar in a way when it's when there's so much like build your funnel and build your online this and and blah 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 i, w- I would love to know what the impact has been for you implementing this this perspective yeah well i'll tell you i've been in business for myself um over a year and a half now i have no website right now it's being built no business cards I found that uh, out no the hard business way. Business page. <laughs> <laughs> Let me do some oh, yeah, research on me, Christina. Yeah. So um, and I have had dozens and dozens of clients. I am working with CEOs. I am, you know, putting things out there in the world, giving value, teaching. Um, and my my business is going very well. I don't never once have I ever, ever, any one of my clients have asked for a testimonial or to look at my website. I bring the knowledge and skills and experience I have to the table. I do discovery calls. I build rapport and understanding. How do you generate those calls? Exactly like we're talking now. Um, How you and I connected from Byron. Yeah. Asking people that I know, like, and trust. My family, friends, other clients I've worked with. Um, I have built a a social media following as well. So I do have relationships through social media. But what I teach people in terms of that part of marketing is you get in and get out. So I think that takes a lot of humility. Yes. To ask for support in growing your business and spreading the word. I'm not like, I mean, for for me, I, I like, I feel like I've gotten better over the years but of course there's there's always that like not wanting to ask for help and just yes. i'm gonna figure it out myself i'm gonna do it on my own yes but squeeze you know the what? life like, out of it oliver <laughs> i'm gonna squeeze the life out of this like geez but you know yeah, what i so find that the, me... the more i do it and the more mm-hmm. i allow people um mm-hmm. the more i see that people enjoy it they really enjoy being able to support and contributing yes. 
Yes. So this is what I tell myself all the time. And I will tell you to tell yourself all the time, whenever you're having the, that, that feeling of like, Oh, I don't want to ask people. I don't want to build, <laughs> you know, I don't want to do that. You're being selfish. Yeah. I'm being selfish. Christina, you're being selfish by blocking these pathways to serve people. I am a healer. I am a teacher. I'm, I, I literally save people's lives, help them transform their entire businesses, their lives, their weight loss, their relationships. I, I have to do that. And if that means asking, which is not comfortable for me, I'm the same way as you. I hated asking for help from people. And I said, I'm being selfish. I'm being, I'm like totally selfish. That is so wrong of me because I, not wrong in a judgment way, but um, by not asking and receiving connections and, and networking, um, I'm making it about me and not about the person I'm serving. Yeah. It kind of halts so. the flow of the universe. Yeah. It's, it's actually an F you to the universe. Ooh. <laughs> like, yeah. My coach, he said he he had this seminar series and he called it Punching Jesus. And like, why did you call it that? And he's just like, you know, when, you know, when Jesus comes to your door knocking and has a gift for you, you know, the universe has a gift for you. And instead you say F you and you punch him in the face. Like that's what. (laughs) So not asking. And actually, when you look at it, you can look it up online. The highest level of spiritual growth and, and, and being on this journey is receiving. A lot of people think it's giving. And it's so hard to receive for some of us, for, for a lot of Why, us. Actually. Yeah, why do you think it is? Uh, it comes down to those three things that you said, like, I'm not enough. I'm not worthy. I don't deserve it. That's right. That's exactly right. So what we do is we change those beliefs and understand that receiving is spiritual and it is connection. It is our purpose. I mean, go even back to like babies, right? So have you played with any babies recently or you have any family members who have babies, right? So you give a baby a bottle or food, right? And they're like, no, 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 thank you. I, I don't want to receive that food, <laughs> Right. Or they've got a dirty diaper and then you're changing the diaper. They're like, no, 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 I'll sit in the dirty diaper. No, no, I'm not going to receive your generosity by changing my diaper. It's literally innate within us as when we're born to receive. That's all babies do is receive. That's all they do. They receive all day long. Well, as you're telling me that, Mm -hmm. it's like, I feel like that's that's everything, right? Like the natural state of everything is receiving. Right, we're receiving. It sun, is. And the plants are receiving sun. They're receiving mm-hmm. nutrients from the ground, and the right, like you're receiving air right now. You're receiving air waves. You're receiving a satellite dish, and the you and I are talking through a satellite dish, or maybe several, in outer space that neither one of us consciously put up into the outer space, and we're using those airwaves. You're receiving that to talk yeah. and do your podcast. Yeah, you're receiving the all the recipients. Time. Yes. The beneficiaries. Yes, it's just natural. It's a natural flow. What happens is that society and culture and all of those I'm not enoughs and not deserving and things happen in our lives, whether it was the fifth grade bully or, you know, the parents who didn't love us or whatever it was, um, we get conditioned to feel those things. We all do. And, and then we're spending the rest of our adult life learning the skill of asking and receiving. So it's part of that journey to go back to our natural state. Like you said, I love that. 
Yeah. So before we before we hit record, you talked about after forty years old, something <laughs> something happens. <laughs> I think, yeah. I think there, there's something just. It seems universal. I just feel like all, like so many people who I've met and have read, and of course, you know, in Think and Grow Rich, like like we were talking about Napoleon Hill, he talks about once you reach the age of forty. Um, you just start getting into your most productive, most, um, yeah, most powerful years. And I mean, yes. I'm, not, I'm not there yet, so I, I can't <laughs> say from experience. I can only say from what I've read and what I see from, you know, uh, friends and, and things like that. But I would love to know, you know, how you've experienced that shift and what, what do you notice from that side? Yeah, I was sharing with you. Sorry um, for the age reveal, but. No, of course, <laughs> I'll be 42 I know, in May and I'm proud of it. Um, I, I think that, uh, when we were talking about your journey and your meditation and inner work and a lot of those things and how you're coming back into the real world, I think you were mentioning how it was kind of hard to adjust and you're, you're just learning how to be, maintain that state, like with everything else happening in the real world. Right. And so I asked you how old you were and you told me you're in your thirties. And I said, Oh, well, that's totally normal. I truly believe that your thirties are all about finding yourself and testing, 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 testing how you are in the world and learning out what works and what doesn't work for you, who works for you in your life and who doesn't work for you. And then when you get into your forties and I'll, you know, just say it, you just don't give a F anymore. You just don't care anymore. You're just at this point where I don't give a fuck who likes me. I don't give a fuck. Like I, I don't care. I am doing what I'm doing. This is my God given mission. This is from the universe. This is my passion. I'm following my heart. If I'm a millionaire, if I'm not a millionaire, if I'm successful in this or whatever is my, again, inner guidance system and realizing that there will always be people who are not, God gave your plan to you, no one else. They don't have to get it. Every single innovation in human history was made by people who didn't give a fuck what other people thought. Every single innovation. Do you feel like by that age, you kind of, you've accumulated enough, um, you know, challenges and lessons and mistakes and failures kind of to reach that point? Do you think, is that part of it? Um... Yes and no. I think I think that people can achieve it can achieve that um, that energy at a young age, and I think historically a lot of people did. Like you look at innovators again um, and history makers like you know um, Harriet Tubman or Ida B. Wells and a lot of different women in the past or men in the past that have you know even Dr. King. You know his work was in his twenties and his early thirties, right? Yeah. Um, it's more about life experience, but because I think it's 2019 and we're literally spoiled, we're spoiled human beings right now. We can have everything, anything we want at a touch of, you know, when I was growing up, you had to work to, to call someone. We had a rotary phone. It was work, Oliver. Okay. Like you didn't take phone calls lightly. <laughs> you had to put a quarter, you had to carry on quarters. <laughs> Okay, to call on a payphone to get your parents to come pick you up from your friend's house. All right? Like, there, I had friends growing up that didn't even have phones in their home. You had to walk to the corner store deli to call on the payphone to get your parents to come pick you up. 
So we're spoiled, meaning in the developed world, you know, we're just spoiled rotten. I can call it Uber taxi. I can order anything on Amazon. It can be here today. I can <laughs> have any food or, you know, anything I want. I, I can feel like it, that you. really <laughs> makes us soft in my, in like, as far as I'm concerned, I think that makes us yeah. super, super soft um, and not, uh, you know, and, and especially for the people who are aspiring or, or brand new entrepreneurs, you kind of. You kind of you, you to build up that grit to build up that thick skin. You know you're really exposing yourself to to rejection, to failure, to mistakes, and um, you start to realize really how soft, like how soft we are because we're, we're spoiled, like you say. Well, yeah, and 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 I think just to answer your question about the '40s thing, I think in in history that might not have been true. I just think in 2019, yeah, it's more true. Do you know what I mean? Just because just. Um, you, you, you're, you're, you know, where, where we are, we have a lot at our fingertips and, um, we do all go through struggles and trials and tribulations and, and things that we have to overcome. But at the same time, um, I think there's something, and I know when I hit 50 and 60 and you hear people like Jane Fonda, she's in her eighties, Maya Angelou said it when she was in her eighties, it just gets better and better and better and better. And you give less fucks about everybody, you know, (laughs) you just, um, know who you are, you know what your purpose is, you know who your friends are, you know, um, you just have a knowing, you have a knowing that comes with experience, comes with maturity, it comes with, um, again, your spiritual connection and practice, and there's just a knowingness, and what's interesting, just, um, and I I have to run too soon, I I would love to talk to you for hours, but (laughs) (laughs) But just to wrap up with like the social media thing too, to help any of your listeners, once you embrace and accept yourself fully for who you are on this journey, your mistakes and all, your failures and all, when I say accept yourself, I mean all of it, right? When you accept failure and you accept mistakes as part of the process, and you also tell the universe that you have amazing supportive people in your life, Whatever you do post or start doing on social media, you'll start to see a huge shift. I remember a few years ago, I I did this practice of just envisioning positive, supportive people. Oliver, you can look through all my all my posts. I don't have one person who's negative. I don't have one person saying, oh, who do you think you are? I don't have any of that that these other people have. I don't. It's amazing to me. Like, I'm so blessed. I have the most amazing, supportive online system. I have people who mail me books. I have people who mail me gifts. I have people who mail me postcards. I mean, like, old school mail, you know? Um, People who reach out to me, message me, and just say, oh, you're so inspirational. Strangers, but through the power of social media. But it's about my intentions of service and value, Mm-hmm. And making sure that what I'm posting is of service and value to someone, that they need to hear it, and that there's a positive response to it. And I did when I a few years ago when I started using social media for my business, I did start getting negative things, right? Um, and I said, wait a minute, why am I getting this? What am I attracting? Why am I perceived, you know, certain things? And I shut that down, changed that inside myself, and. I just, I, I love social media. I love Facebook now for engaging and building authentic relationships for personal and professional reasons. So I hope that helps answer that intention piece around yes. 
your business in general and building relationships and talking with people. And um, it's all about service and it's not about me. I have to check myself every day. It's not about me. It's not about me. <laughs> it's put That's my ego big, at the door. <laughs> it's so big. Just be more committed to other people and, and serving them than yourself. It's huge. Yeah. So I would yeah. love, I would love to, to, uh, well, I, I want to be respectful of your time and, and wrap up, but I would love for you to share, um, a little bit about who you're looking to be in conversation with and what we could look forward to from you coming up in the, in the future, where we could find you. Yes. I would love to connect with people through email. My email is Christina, C-H-R-I-S-T-N-A dot Wallace, W-A-L-L-A-C-E, 77 at Gmail. That's my email. Um, and also my Facebook page, Christina Wallace. You'll see me there, consulting, coaching. And um, just send me a message on Facebook Messenger. I love connecting that way as well. Um, yeah, those are the, the two main ways to, to reach me right now. I did I, My website is in process of being rebooted. Um, what I'm going to be offering more is more video content and, uh, more courses as well. And I'm doing some great partnerships, Oliver. I have to talk to you about this another time too, with founders, which is another organization that I'm working with, um, helping entrepreneurs, um, in their mentoring. So I'm doing some video content, some speaking engagements with them, and I'll be sharing, um, those tips as well on my Facebook page and uh, on their site. So I'll make sure I send that to you when it's posted. Beautiful. I can't wait to see it. Yeah. I'm so, so excited. Um, I just, I just get chills thinking about it because there's so much information now uh, in overload and brand new entrepreneurs and startups and new business owners, I think get like analysis paralysis, right? Where they just don't know where to start or who to listen to. Um, in their business, do you do funnels? Do you do email campaigns? Do you do Facebook or Instagram or, you know, all these things? And how do you do discovery calls? How do you build rapport? How do you close sales? All these things. And they just don't know what they don't know. And so I found not just working with CEOs in an organizational sense, but, um, there was a space for me to serve, you know, the rookies out there (laughs) and I'm loving it. My masterclass is going phenomenal. I have the best group of friends who are highly successful business owners and influencers in the world who come into my masterclass to give tips and massive value to them. And my students just absolutely love it. So, and they're, they're already getting massive results. So I'm excited. I'm really excited for that part to come out. Love it. I'm excited for you. Thank you. Thank you so much for taking the time to be with me. I know this was great, Oliver. Anytime. We have so much more to talk about, so I look yes. forward to to <laughs> reconnecting again shortly, and then we'll 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 continue the conversation from from where we left off, and a lot more breakthroughs and a lot more things to to create. Definitely, always the journey. We'll see you. I'll see you on the on the journey, and uh, more and more insights. I'm sure I would have had some more massive breakthroughs myself to share. <laughs> oh, now we're counting on it. It's on record. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's always always more and more. So it's exciting. It's so exciting. Thank you, Oliver. Thank, Thank you, you, Christina. So Such an honor. You too. Bye-bye. Have a great day. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Oliver Manalee Show. 
to support the show, please rate us with five stars and write us a review on Apple Podcasts. This helps the show gain more visibility, which means we can impact even more people who are just like you. People who are rediscovering themselves, their purpose, what's possible for them, and looking to make a difference in the world. For daily stories, insights, and inspiration, you can follow me on Instagram and Facebook at Oliver Manolis and at Oliver Manolis Show. If you heard something from the show that really landed for you, please feel free to screenshot it or share a quote from the show on your social media. And be sure to tag us and use the hashtag OMSHOW. That's O-M SHOW. I make sure to read every single one of your posts and look forward to it. If you're curious about one-on-one coaching with me and want to set up a complimentary session, go to olivermanalise.com forward slash coaching. This is for you if you're a high achiever who feels spiritually bankrupt, if you want to align with your purpose and create an impact-driven business, if you are interested in creating a meaningful life. If any of this sounds like you, it would truly be an honor to see how I can support you. Go to olivermanalise.com forward slash coaching and book a complimentary session with me today. Well, that's it for today's episode. For links mentioned today, access to our entire library of episodes, make sure to go to olivermanalise.com forward slash show. And remember, a new episode drops every Tuesday, so be sure to subscribe. We will be back with you before you know it.